Hey guys, we all have passions, hobbies, and talents we can use to change the lives of young men. How might God use your passions to raise up a healthy next generation of men? Today, we talk with Scott Hyma with the Christian Service Brigade about how he invites older men to mentor and disciple young men. Both are transformed in the process. Well, folks, welcome to the Nobleman Podcast. We're in season three, and we're talking about mentoring. And I am so excited to have a friend of the Noble Warriors Ministry and a personal friend, Scott Hyma, on with us today. Scott leads a ministry called CSB, Christian Service Brigade. And uh, some of you in Virginia may have heard of this, but Scott's going to tell us about it and how they help young men grow into godly men by encouraging older men to invest in them. So we're going to talk about this, how mentoring works there. Scott, welcome to the Nobleman Podcast. Thanks, Mike. It's an honor and a privilege to be with you today. So much fun. Hey, so tell me, where are you? Just uh, where, where are you right now? Well, physically and locationally and geographically, I'm in Buffalo, New York. And our ministry, Christian Service Brigade, has been around since 1937. So we're 85 years old. And it started out of Wheaton, Illinois, in the Chicago area by a sophomore of Wheaton College by the name of Joe Coughlin. He was a, a sophomore and he took a service project from Wheaton College and he volunteered for a uh, to lead a Sunday school class of 12 rowdy 12 year old boys and as he uh, was engaging with them he says what can I do to engage them more with the gospel and so he started to do a lot of fun activities he understood how boys love to learn and you know don't sit them down and you know make them read, uh, do the informational style of learning. It's the, the, the life style of learning where they can use their hands and make things. I'm sure they may have blown stuff up like we do, you yeah. know, now in many of our meetings across the country and all the while providing a spiritual application for it. Uh, I'm, I may butcher this quote, but Joe Coughlin said, I didn't start Christian Service Brigade for something for boys to do but so that boys could do something for Christ. Wow. So he wasn't trying to keep them busy necessarily for busyness sake. He wanted it to be purposeful in pointing them to Jesus. Absolutely. And that that's one one thing that those that knew him, they affectionately called him Uncle Joe. And so that that was Uncle Joe's uh, heart through and through. I never had the privilege of, of meeting him, but I wish that I, I would have. He, he was an amazing man. Yeah. Now, so you said you are in Buffalo, and he started out of Wheaton, which is in Chicago. So I know there have been some groups here in Virginia, but not that many. And so it's been more of a northern U.S. sort of movement. Well, yes and no. Uh, you know, during the 60s through the 1980s, we were in approximately 3,000 churches in, in all states. Um, I know that there's there's still some currently in Alaska. I'm not sure about Hawaii. We we've had a big big presence in Texas, uh, gotcha. Florida. So it isn't just mainly a, a northern type thing. And we have a very strong presence uh, still today in California. Uh, we awesome. have partnered with a lot of camps across the country, and one of the the major ones still Sequoia Brigade Camp in California has had a big impact. When you Couple summer camp with weekly meetings. It is just an excellent training ground for leadership of the next generation of godly men. Right. Now, I, so we're going to wiggle all over the place here, but it strikes me that the, the founder 
started this as a college sophomore. Is it? Is that what you said? Correct. Yes. And and he had a he had a lot of his friends uh, from Wheaton help out as well. Yeah. So he was probably twenty years old, somewhere in that ballpark, and God was using him to invest in like twelve-year-old kids. And this turned into a ministry that's now, you said, I think 85 years old and has touched every state in the union. Yes. That's amazing. Correct. So do you think young men in their 20s uh, still have something to offer or was that just unique to his generation those years ago? No, I, I fully believe they have something to offer. We just need to maybe instill the passion for what, you know, the, the reason and the purpose for doing this. Um, you know, boys, even, even down to the age of, you know, six to 10 years old, enjoy work, but when, when they, they have to see a purpose to it and, you know, same thing with the, the 20 something, 30 somethings, uh, they, they want to see a purpose to it. Now I, I do see that when when the going gets tough you know they'll just throw their hands up and i'm i'm not i'm not going to generalize I, I i don't like to necessarily do that but i read through some memoirs of uncle joe and there was a friend of his who it was his responsibility to go to another church because once this started to get into other churches in the chicago area they had they had a friend at wheaton who would ask professors of the college to borrow their cars well, this guy had no transportation. He didn't just say, well, I can't get to the meeting. He walked and it wasn't wow. like around the corner. I mean, I don't remember the, the the mileage, but it was significant. And he walked both ways to get there. You know, how many how many 20 something young men today, you know, would, would step up in that in that realm. And yeah. so I, I think by training them up earlier, you know, not wait till they're 20. Yeah is where where the impact really truly lies. Yeah, so you get to them early and encourage them to see the value of investing in folks that are coming along behind them. So what what does a what does a CSB meeting? You talked about a weekly meeting. So what does a, a a typical CSB meeting look like at a local church? Well, we like to say when we train men, train men to uh, run their weekly meetings is that it's always the same, but never the same. And it, by that is we have the same structure or format. Uh, so the boys typically, the boys and young men know what's coming next, uh, but we fill it with different components. And so uh, many times they'll, uh, they'll arrive early. And so you want to have some, you know, some sort of an activity for them to get, to do. If you just let them run around the room, uh, it, it sets the tone for the rest of the meeting. A lot of the meetings uh, in local churches across the country last about 90 minutes. And so, um, you know, Uncle Joe, he, uh, his first year of college was in Pennsylvania at a military school. So there's a little bit of a, a, a flair to that. Well, we have some sort of a lineup. It's not militaristic at all, even though that some of the nomenclature for our team guys may show that. But, we'll, you know, we like to start it out with some sort of a discipline with a lineup and, you know, show the structure of the echelons of command. And then uh, depending upon what group you're in, we go to game time right after that. And so that is a highlight uh, for, for many uh, of the boys. You know, Mr. Hyma, what are we pl- what are we doing in gym tonight? And, you know, we'll play games like American Eagle 
uh, dodgeball, you know, just try to change it up each week. And there's a lot of great spiritual application that can happen during game time. We, you know, we think it's just physical and allowing boys to, you know, exhibit their aggression uh, through the testosterone. And that's one thing that I, the culture sometimes tries to confuse is aggression equals violence. And it, and it doesn't, you know, um, if, if I explained the game American Eagle, it would appear very violent. Sometimes there's tears, but the boys love it. Typically the ones that cry ask for it first the next week. Right. Cause they and want then, a chance to get into it again and absolutely. redeem themselves or save face. They want to get better. Yes. Anytime, anytime we have some sort of a, a, a physical, uh, game, it, it, even the most timid of young men, it, it, it still surprises me sometimes it's like, whoa, he's really getting into this. You know, it, it's a God given, you know, chemical reaction in our body called testosterone <laughs> and it's not toxic. And so it, it's wonderful to see that exhibited uh, just through just through game time. And then after that, we'll go into some sort of an, a, an action or a project. Um, we're typical guys. We don't want to call them crafts, but you, you know, you could maybe <laughs> say that, you know, um, we just did, uh, in, in my age group stockade, eight to 11 siege weapons. And so we are actually showing them how to build some catapults and yeah. all the while we're teaching them about God is our fortress. Yeah. Uh, and after, after, uh, the action, the, the project time, we break them into small groups and they can go over uh, achievement. Um, they, their adult leader asks them how they're doing, you know, just uh, maybe take attendance, uh, some administrative things. And then we always wrap it up with some sort of a story, story with a spiritual application. So always the same, but never the same. There you go. So there's a formula to it, but you're, you're inter, uh, interchanging the pieces that Correct. plug into to each of the slots. So I, I heard you mention adult leaders. I got to believe that it takes a special sort of guy to be able to lead this, be kind of cool with the chaos, understand the purpose of the chaos. It, this really gets to the heart of what Noble Warriors is pressing on. What does that adult leader look like? What does the guy look like who's doing this? And man, where do you find them? How do you train them? Just open that whole can of worms. It is a can of worms because it's it's becoming a lot more difficult to find men. But I'll be quite frank, every man can be a leader in this. Every yeah. single one. There's a story that we told of our uh, vice president of field staff. He had a leader in when he was in the group eight to 11 years old, and he didn't find out until years later, he couldn't even read. And so, you know, of, some guys would just say, oh, you know, I can't read, so I'm not, I'm not going to be a leader, but every man can. It's just, it's, it's a little bit of the time commitment. And what I like to do is when we, we did a fishing module and I have two professional charter boat captains at my church, so I'll get them involved. You know, they may not necessarily want to be involved on a weekly basis, but they could, they can give me two or three weeks, come in and talk about something they love. And that's a lot of, of what we do is, is get men involved and share their life with them. It's about building relationships. John Maxwell has said, people don't care um, what you know until they know that you care. And, you know, when that relationship building is the bridge to share the gospel with the boys and young men. 
I, and I got to believe that those charter boat captains, if you can get them to come in for a couple of weeks, all of a sudden they see, wow, this is pretty cool. And man, one of the things that I know is as a guy, when I'm around younger guys, it reminds me that there's still a boy inside of me that loves all Absolutely. of this stuff. And so it just kind of comes alive. And as a matter of fact, you guys do, um, what do you, stock car race. (laughs) And you were telling me, you and I have, have go back a good ways. And you were telling me, do you still build a car every year? Because it's fun. (laughs) I do. And in fact, that's one way that I, I, uh, when I started an open division at our church many, many years ago, just so I could still build a car, uh, we, we would advertise it to all the men in the church. And so, uh, you know, there was a man and his son that was not involved in brigade and he, uh, they made a car and then he came up to me afterwards like, Oh, what is, you know, this Christian service brigade. And not only was his son involved, he was uh, a leader with us for 10 plus years. And, you know, that was one way we got him involved. And, you know, I, I travel around and, and talk to men, uh, about their involvement Many of them say, I don't know who gets more out of it, them or me. But then it's funny that they'll use so many adjectives about their recruitment. You know, they'll they'll use, oh, I was tricked or I was forced, you know, maybe by their wife or somebody else. It was a bait and switch. You know, I um, one guy told me that uh, he was asked, oh, why don't you come and help? Well, and within two weeks, the guy who recruited him never came back. And so he had to be the main leader. And, you know, it, it, it's the recruitment. It's not an easy process, um, but you need to make it personal um, by, by taking, by putting a little blurb in the church bulletin or emails or newsletters. It's easy to say no to that. Uh, but when you personally ask somebody and then give to them the purpose and the need, uh, many men will step up when you personally ask. And that, that, that's, that's the joy uh, for me is to, to get all, to get some men involved. I was playing softball with this one man at my church and I saw him between services and we were grabbing a cup of coffee and I looked at him and I said, Hey, do you serve in any context in, in ministry at all? And he said, no. And like, Oh, I've got an opportunity for you. After the first week we were, you know, he was there with us for the eight to 11 year olds. I never thought I'd see him again. The look on his face <laughs> was like a deer in the headlights. Um, but thankfully, he came back, and he's one of my most dedicated leaders. Uh, you, you just got to personally ask. Yeah. So how do you train the guys when, you, when you're inviting them in? Because how do you prepare them and get them accustomed to seeing the big picture of taking time to invest in these young guys? How do, how do you create or cast the vision that lets them understand the the depth of impact and how they can touch the future by investing in these young guys. Absolutely. Training is critical and, and key to retaining leaders long-term and having them see the vision and the purpose and the mission of what we're, we're trying to accomplish. And we, uh, are starting to get into the online realm uh, where, where they can take some of the courses. But the best way is if uh, the men from a local church to, will do it together at the same time in, in a group setting to where they can interact. That's becoming a lot more difficult because men are busy. Um, they would much rather give up four to five hours on a Tuesday or a Thursday than even just two hours on a Saturday. But training is very important, especially for the, the, the long-term aspect of, of keeping them involved. 
Now, you know, so a lot of folks who are listening to this, if they're not familiar with CSB, they may say, wow, this sounds a good bit like Boy Scouts. And I have some experience with Boy Scouts. How would you speak to the guy who had a rich experience as a young man and says, you know what, I would I, I could do something like this. Do you, do you find those guys raising their hand and saying, I, tell me about CSB and, and how I could get involved? Yes and no. These types of men um, are, are difficult to find. And I think one, one thing that we're looking at within our ministry is uh, smaller chunks. We had this uh, promotional campaign to a local church that we, are, we were a 12 to 15 year discipleship program for your boys and young men. You know, we need to start them as early as age four, and we've got things for them to 18. Well, somebody, a 20-something or something, 30-something looks at that, whoa, 12 to 15 years? Yeah. You know, that's, I'm out. That's over half my life. <laughs> yes. Right. And so they're, you know, we want to, we want to, you know, break it down into to some smaller chunks. Um, one of our next, next initiatives that we're kind of excited about is our youngest age group is called tree climbers. And this is uh, specifically designed to be coupled with the father. We want the father or some sort of a male role model there. Most dads say, I want to disciple and mentor my son. I just don't know where to start or begin. Right. Yeah. And this is a great way to do it. And this, and we, we provide spiritual foundations through, you know, in, in this aspect. And so, you know, they, they can say, well, I can, I can give, you know, two years and then we get them hooked. <laughs> then we get them in. It's like, all right, you know, you don't, you, you have your own children. You don't just say, well, I'm going to father him for two or three years and then hand him off. You're going to, you're, you're going to be involved in the raising of your, your son or your daughter, you know, for the rest of their life. And so, but to, to draw them in with a, with a smaller, smaller bite. And it, it is so rewarding to see kids begin to learn and explore and experiment with these things. And I, I just think about your, your whole idea of building something. Uh, so many kids have very little opportunity these days to actually do something with their hands where they get to hold on to tools and use something. I mean, it, if they're holding something with their hands, it's something electronic typically, but there still is this desire and this, uh, this delight in holding on to something that is not electronic and actually doing something with tools, building something, seeing the finished product, seeing it work. I mean, I, I can't imagine the whole building the catapults. I've seen some of the, the plans that you guys use and building a small catapult and then shooting the thing and um, playing with it. How do you adjust it? I mean, that's got to intrigue these young men in a way that some other stuff is not capturing these, their attention these days. Oh, absolutely. And what we're, what we're doing in my own local church for the teen guys right now is we're making homemade hovercrafts. And um, we're proud to say that we haven't spent a dime on it yet. Um, you know, the, the plywood used that could have, that could have cost a lot. Uh, but we, we got, uh, some old sheets donated and, uh, we're using leaf blowers as the, uh, as the propellant. And that, that has been a lot of fun to teach them, to teach them about this aspect. It's, uh, it, it's like, you know, you said earlier about the, the, the derby and the kid aspect, a lot of men just love to come in and it, it's almost sometimes, uh, like tool wars, you know, we'll, we'll get in together and 
be making something and guys have to, you know, one up each other with, all right, I've got this really cool tool. Uh, you know, we, you have to um, staple uh, plastic to the bottom of the hovercraft. And so obviously you need a staple gun. Well, the one guy, like he has this electronic electric staple gun. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even <laughs> need to squeeze it. Off. Yeah. So you, you mentioned, um, the Eagle Scout. And what did you say the the highest rank was for, um, Royal Ranger? Royal Rangers. It is the gold medal of achievement. And in Christian service brigade, it is That's the what Herald I was ready of, to ask. Yeah. Herald of Christ. Okay, so tell me what a young man who who comes through this whole experience, what does he look like? What is, what is he like if he makes it through this whole process and, and is growing, being discipled by these other men and achieves this, this pinnacle result of Herald of Christ? What, what do you, how do you describe that guy? Oh, it, thank you for asking that because a tagline for our battalion age group, that's 12 to 18, is where leadership is learned. And many, many churches will separate their middle and high schoolers. We do not. Um, they, you know, the, the, by the time a young man gets to high school age, now we start to put him in charge of our weekly meeting and, you know, who will he lead? He's going to be leading the middle school guys. And so, uh, we, we break them up into small groups called squads and we have, um, you know, a, a liaison between the adult leaders and, and each squad. And then each squad has a, a corporal and a lance corporal. And we, they lead the small group meetings entirely. Many of many times when we're doing certain things like the hovercraft we're doing, they actually write it as well. And there's always some sort, sort of a spiritual application, as I alluded to earlier. Uh, this one is faith. You know, we're, we're going to have faith that these will actually work, <laughs> you know, when we're done. And so uh, a young man going through this, and then I had mentioned our affiliation with a lot of summer camps in, in like for the local camp here in Western New York and many of the other uh, brigade affiliated camps across the country. Once you finish eighth grade, you can do something called service crew. So you're a camper for one week and then another week uh, when everybody else and does craft or uh, activity, camp activities, they're um, splitting wood, uh, cleaning bathrooms, painting, you know, helping around camp. And then after ninth grade, um, they'll go through a program called LIT, Leader in Training. Uh, the collegians, the program directors will take them on a five-day backpack trip and then come, come back and do pre-camp. And so they're, they're, the, the leadership aspects are wonderful there. Uh, there was a couple years ago, one of the squad leaders came up to me and he said, so-and-so is just unruly in my squad. I cannot keep control of him. Can you move him out of my squad? And they're like, no, absolutely not. Um, if he's doing something that I need to step in, uh, you know, you know, physically hurting somebody or, or doing something, then, then I'll, I'll, but you need to learn not only get along with him yourself, but, you know, with others, I'll, I'll step in and help if you need that, if you need some guidance in that, but I'm not going to just totally remove the, you know, the problem from that's not real life. And I'm not going to remove the problem from the situation. Now we'll work through this, but I'll be right there by your side every step of the way. And so that that's one really awesome distinctive that I love about, you know, within Christian service brigade is when, a, when a young man, 
graduates, um, he has a lot of this leadership experience. And by the time he gets to um, put in his application for a Herald of Christ, he has to work through all of the achievements. He then has to do two, two projects, a service project and um, a, a community project. Uh, he has to design and develop one that other people can be involved. The service project, you know, he kind of does on his own, but the community one. And uh, there, there's a, a wonderful internship with um, the church leadership of his church. He needs to understand, you know, uh, denominationally what his church believes, uh, the theology, and he's getting this all from his own pastor. Um, not from the national office or or what, right from his own pastor, and they 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 walk through him every step of the way. And so there's, um, you know, becoming a herald of Christ doesn't guarantee you that you're going to go into the ministry full time, but there a lot have. Um, there there's been you know many uh, across the country. We just had an Iron Sharpens Iron conference in Buffalo here a couple weeks ago, and Dr. Larry McCall, a longtime pastor, um, he's written. Uh, several books on grandparenting, on husbands. Uh, he was a herald of Christ and uh, long time um, in the ministry himself and counts to that. Pointing back to that is, is integral and vital. Wow. Well, I love it. I, I love the the challenge for these guys and the ones who step up and make it through that. They're, they're, they're different sorts of young men. And I think they're the types of young men that we want to see more of in the church and leading there, leading in the community, leading homes. You've been doing this for a long time. You've been serving in CSB for how many years? Well, Christian Service Brigade itself since 1999, so don't do math in my head very well. What's that, 23 years? Yeah. Um, but before that, it was uh, within Royal Rangers ever since I was eight years old. Yeah. So, you know, it, I've been involved for about 48, 49 years. Wow. So here's the, a, a question to kind of bring us to closure. You've been at this investing in young men for 40-plus years Tell me about a couple of stories that just warm your heart when when a guy comes back and he tells a story of you investing in him and the impact that your time, your investment demonstrated true manhood for him and it made an impact on his life. Tell me a couple of those stories because I know you've got bunches of them. Yes, I do. But I, I, is it okay if I don't talk about me and I talk about another another sure. one? Yeah, that's <laughs> because fine. I, I think this this is uh, really neat. In fact, we just had him as our clo closing keynote speaker at the Buffalo Iron Sharpens Iron a couple weeks ago. Uh, he was involved in a uh, local Christian service brigade here in the Buffalo area. And his sole purpose to be involved, I think he was uh, eight or nine years old, was to see how many leaders he could get to quit. And <laughs> that was his that, motivation. <laughs> that was his entire motivation for showing up every Wednesday evening. And there were times that he jumped out of a window and ran up, ran off through the woods and they'd have to chase off after him. And, and I think his count was that he got three or four of them too. And many of them kept coming up to, to the, the head leader. And it's like, we just have to ask Kevin to, to stop coming back. He, um, no, give them, give them time, give them time. And it was out at Camp Hickory Hill, our brigade camp, uh, at one of, at a brigade event, uh, that he fully surrendered his life to Christ. Wow. He is now the pastor of one of the fastest growing churches in Rochester, New York. They're on their fourth or fifth location. They've been growing so quickly and, and, uh, you know, 
Kevin just really, uh, you know, tells it like, like it is from, from God's word and, you know, has a lot of Gen Z and millennials attending his church. And they just, it, 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 what a story that of the impact coming back through. And he, um, not only, you know, stuck with Christian service brigade, uh, was, um, went through that LIT program that I mentioned earlier was a program director and, Kevin's story is just uh, so, so amazing to where he is today, to where he was before. Wow. And that's, that's what Christ can do. But we've got, I think, the, the privilege, the responsibility, the need as older men, as adult men, to see the spark in a young guy's life and keep turning him to Christ and keep extending grace to him and showing him what that looks like and not giving up on him. I, part, part of what encourages me about that story is clearly this young man has a lot of tenacity and he has a lot of energy. And I just love the impact that seasoned men, mentors can have on young men when they see that potential in them. Absolutely. And many times we don't even see the, you know, the, the fruit that is born from the seeds we're planting. Uh, it is wonderful and encouraging and, and helps keep us going. But I, I just encourage men who are, who are out there seeking to be a role model and a mentor, be consistent, show up. I'll talk to men who grow up in brigade or, or, or other organizations like this, and they rarely remember what they did. It's more about that relationship. Every single one of them remember the name of the man who invested in them. You know, you show up, you get to know their name, you build that personal relationship. You don't need to be a perfect storyteller. You don't need to have the coolest hobby in the world. Just show up and you will make some great impact. And you may never see it, but trust me, it's going to be there. It's going to be there. Wow. Well, that's that's a great closing thought. And guys, if you're listening to this, man, that's our prayer for you. Find your place. God has, he has uniquely given you experiences, opportunities, position, placement in his kingdom so that you can invest in the lives of others. Don't just keep soaking things up. You need to see that there has, God's creating opportunities for you to come alongside someone else and invest in them, to point them to Jesus, and to encourage them, to give them some grace when they need it, to um, remember the the challenges that you faced, and then help them understand that they can get through difficult places. I mean, God can use you, and they're going to remember um, the, the impact that you had by caring for them, loving for them, and pointing them to Jesus. So uh, that's we want to see you do that. Our, our local church is in jeopardy if we as men don't invest in the next generation of godly right. men. You know, uh, I, I think Chuck Colson said this. I wish I would have come up with this because I, I love it so much. You know, he, I don't know the quote exactly, but he said something to the effect of, where are all the godly men? Yeah. Where are the men going to step up to serve? Where are the, you know, the godly husbands and fathers and the coworkers that our communities need? But the reality is God doesn't give us men. He gives us boys. There you go. 
I love it. Well, listen, Scott, um, how can folks get in touch with you and CSB if they're interested in learning more about CSB, maybe even exploring launching a chapter at their local church or, you know, considering that in some way? How would they find out more about this? Oh, sure. Uh, You can visit our website at CSB, that's Christian Service Brigade, csbministries.org. Or you can even send uh, me an email, uh, my first initial last name, S. H-A-I-M-A at csbministries.org. And we'll put you in touch with uh, one of our uh, field staff in your area. Absolutely. Hey, you know what? I forgot to mention this before, but in disclosure, I want to let you guys know who are listening to this, that my wife actually serves on the national board of CSB. Um, I want to make sure you guys know that, but we'll put Scott's contact information and the website and everything in the um, in the show notes so that you can follow up. But Scott, thanks so much for being with us today. Any final comments? Oh, again, Mike, it's been an honor and a privilege to be with you today and to share, you know, hopefully, you know, many times my uh, heart and my passion comes through because, um, sorry, um, my dad passed away last November and it was him that got me really passionate about this. Um, he was 88 when he passed away and was still involved in Royal Rangers right up to the day of his passing. And, and to see the legacy and hear the stories of impact that he's had, um, it, it, it's wonderful. And we don't do this for any accolades or glory. Um, but we want to further the kingdom through, uh, investing in the next generation of godly men. That's right. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Scott, for joining us, folks. This is going to bring uh, this session of the Nobleman Podcast to a close. Uh, check out the show notes, get in touch with Scott Hyma, learn more about CSB. And uh, we're going to continue to do battle to encourage you and challenge you guys to step up and say yes to opportunities to investing in younger men. Man, CSB is a high-octane opportunity, and I wish you would check it out. God bless you, men. Take care.